Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and this is episode 104. We are going to talk about the five different things that you can do with money and also the five different things that you can teach your kids that they can do with money. And I feel like when I grew up, it was give, save, spend, right? That's pretty popular on even like Pinterest or whatever else. Kids would have give, save, spend jars and... That was kind of self-explanatory. You get, you know, $9 and three went to giving, three went to spending, and three went to savings or whatever to make it just to make the easy numbers. And that was it, right? And that's kind of how we go into adulthood. We save some, we try to save some money. We try to um, spend some money or pay our bills. And then we try to give some, possibly, if you want to. And I am here to talk through two more things that we do with money that I've learned that you can do with money and that I will be teaching my children what to do with money. And I am going to go through each of these five categories and kind of talk about why they are important and what you kind of do within each of these categories and why, honestly, all five are important to do. So if you don't know, I am a money coach. I work with people one-on-one and over the last like year and a half, my one-on-one clients have paid off over $100,000 of consumer debt just by kind of walking hand in hand together with me. So my husband and I, we have our whole get out of debt, uh, get out of stupid financial situation story. I believe it's episode 19 on this podcast if you kind of want to hear some of that. I also have a whole podcast. I'll link it to the show notes on my coaching just in general. And it just literally tells you all the fun logistical things about it. So Let's go ahead and hop in though, because I want this to be a fairly quick episode so you can kind of get this knowledge and kind of chew on it for a little bit and then just start applying it pretty much right away. So five things that you can do with money. We'll start with the common three and then we'll go into the other two that you can do. So number one is save. Cool. All right. So save your money, right? So a goal for you would be maybe to have a three to six month savings once you are out of consumer debt. Before you get out of consumer debt, you want to have, uh, you know, something in there in your savings, but probably not a full three to six month emergency fund, though that is a sufficient emergency fund. But if you are like in over your head with consumer debt, focus on that first. If you follow Dave Ramsey, um, we that's how we got out of debt was following the Dave Ramsey plan. I am not, and I used to be a huge Dave Ramsey girl. Like I was like, follow him to a T. He like literally whatever he said, I would believe and do. Uh, We have parted ways uh, since then. (laughs) I am still thankful for his knowledge and um, just his baby steps to kind of really make it simple to get out of debt. However, we disagree when it comes to building wealth. However, his whole, you know, save up $1,000 and then pay off your consumer debt and then really start to build that that uh, that sufficient emergency fund of three to six months, it's hard to, to really argue with that, honestly. Um, but it is what it is. So saving. And, and for your kids, you could teach them to save for a toy. Now, this seems pretty self-explanatory. I'm just going to give a really quick example, though, because I think this is the best way to implement this and not just have, let's just say you have these give, save, spin jars for your kids, or even if it's virtual, because this is our world now. It is not necessarily just a, 
hey, let's just put X amount of money. Let's say, again, let's just use $9 because it's easy. $9 in save, $9 in spend, and $9 in give. Okay, so, you know, after two weeks, you've got $6 in save. And then after three weeks, you have $9 in save. And, oh, we're at the store and there's a $9 toy. Okay, great. You've been saving your money. You have $9 in your save. So let's buy this toy. No, 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 no. That toy should be bought with your spend money. That is a, oh, I walked into this store and I saw this $9 Barbie. Do I have money in my spend jar? Because I wasn't saving for that. <laughs> I was just saving, right? So what, what you would really want to do with your kids is for saving, you really want to have like a saving goal. So whether that be a, you know, a Barbie or whatever, I would say, you know, if they're, I don't know, seven or under, maybe like a $20 goal. If they are 12 or under, maybe a 50 to $75 goal, depending. And obviously if they kind of can do more things like mow the lawn, that kind of thing, maybe a $150 goal. It just really depends on how much money you're giving them. And I had a whole podcast episode, a couple episodes back on like, allowance versus giving your kids commission versus 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 versus. So if you want to know different ways to pay your children and give your kids money and kind of go through some of the controversial thoughts on that with me, check back a couple episodes. But savings, we want to maybe preemptively take our kids, let's just say six years old, to a store and they see this, you know, $15 Lego thing that they want. Cool. Uh, Graham, one of my kids, we are going to save for that. And I'm going to put a big sticker or we're going to get a piece of paper or whatever. And that save jar is specifically for that Lego. That is a delayed gratification jar. (laughs) That is not a, oh, we walked into Target. Oh, I see a Lego. Oh, I have $9 in my savings. No, no, no. That is an instant gratification if if you buy that right then and there. And that is for your spend jar. Okay, that is fun money. (laughs) That is a see it, I see it, I want it, and I'm gonna get it. That is, do I have enough in my spend? Okay, your saving is delayed gratification. That is the underlying skill and personality trait and characteristic that you want to teach your child with that portion of how you can handle money with savings. Okay, second jar, we just talked about this spend. So you can save your money and you can spend your money. And so what I just said. This is a, you know, you walk into a store and they want a candy bar or, you know, they want this, like immediately they see it and they want it. That spend jar is for that instant gratification, right? The fun money, the when we want to, and as an adult, hey, I really am feeling a pumpkin spice latte or a sweet cream cold brew, or I really just am craving Chipotle and I didn't plan for it, but that's what I freaking want and I'm getting it. And there has to be a parameter around that because that is where we get ourselves in trouble, is it not? Uh, It's the like Amazon Prime, it's the Target, it's the Starbucks, it's the Chipotle, it's like all that little crap that gets us in trouble. And so what we want to teach our kids is not that going and seeing something and getting it immediately and satisfying that like desire is a bad thing. It's not. (laughs) It, it, it spikes dopamine. Like it's, it's fun to just kind of spontaneously grab something that we want or to get that Chipotle that we're craving or that coffee that just like feels warm in our hands on like one of the first fall days of fall. 
cool days of fall, right? Like all of that is like good and it's feel good. It's pick me up. It's all these things. And that's good. The problem is, is when we don't have a parameter around that and we just do that for everything, right? <laughs> Every time we want it, that's when we get ourselves into debt and in trouble. So what, what this jar is really teaching your kid is, hey, when I have that urge to like spend and have this instant gratification of this feel good item, that's okay. But I have to check in. Do I have enough money for this? That is the spend. That is the fun money. <laughs> Without thought, I'm spending this money. Okay. So that is what that is there for. Also, that's what you are there for. Okay. Your money is there for. So save, spend, and we're going to go straight into give. And so that could be a percentage. That could be a what you're feeling. That could be a goal. Again, it could, it honestly could be like, hey, I want to, you know, give $10 to church or to this organization or whatever, my six-year-old. And so you could just be giving money in there until, you know, it hits $10 and then you go and you give it to this this organization or whatever it might be. So this is kind of wherever, obviously, you feel led to give. Okay, save, spend, give. Now, these other two categories to both implement in your own life and then also overflowing into your kids and teaching them And the next one's uh, obvious. I think the fifth one is a little less obvious. So the next one is invest. Um, That is something that we typically, most of us do. And even if it's like a, you know, we just contribute into our 401k because we have a W-2 job, a lot of us will do that regardless. And so technically you are investing money. Now there are so many ways that you can um, invest your money and you want to be doing it in two different ways. Number one, passive investing, which is like the 401k, right? You're kind of putting money into the stock market. You're not really doing anything. You are just kind of watching it grow, right? And then there are investments that are more passive, although I guess, sorry, 401k is also passive because you're not really doing much. You're putting money in up front and then it's kind of your money's working for you. So that is also passive. Um, But also you want to have other things. You want to have up to like up to, you want to have at least seven avenues of income. Now, if you have like one avenue of income, that would be your for your, your uh, W2 job. Okay. Uh, another form of income can also be your, your uh, 401k. Even though you can't cash out on that right now until you're 65 or whatever, it's still making you money. So that is a form of income. Uh, maybe you have like a small business or, you know, whatever it might be. For us, we have real estate. And so we actually just bought our 11th door. So we have one four unit and then the rest are single families. And every single one of those is bringing in money. And those, that is all passive income. So you want to invest and that can be pretty scary. Um, and so if you don't really know what you're doing, I would definitely say start with like a company match. If you are working a W-2 job, start there. Uh, and then you can start to branch out a little bit from there. I can't go into all of that here, but there's a lot of different ways to invest your money. Um, a way that I do this with my kids for investing and teaching them. Now, I have to say that I am, we are very like tiptoeing in the, to this at the moment because my kid is just, my oldest is just now 10. We got the green light cards, which is basically a debit card for kids and it is secure. 
Um, and I can put money into their accounts and I can put it into like spend, give, save, talking about this virtual world, right? And it's all on this green light app. And so within the app, I can, you know, if one of my kids, uh, just helped, what did he just do? Pulled all my weeds or something, I don't freaking know. And I paid him $2 for it. And so I put one, or I gave him $2 in his spend, okay? And then he can go in and we can change it to like, okay, I'm gonna put 50 cents of that into my give and 50 cents into my savings and then I'm gonna keep a dollar into my spend. There's also a place on this where you can invest into the stock market within this app. And so we invested a dollar and he kind of gets to see it go up and down, up and down, up and down. (laughs) But it at least sparks a conversation on, okay, you put that dollar in and now it's worth a dollar and six cents. Or, hey, you put this dollar in and now it's, you know, worth 94 cents. And so we have this very beginning conversation about investing through that app. And that will just, and he's also very much involved within our rentals. All of our kids are in that conversation and they'll go to our rentals with us. And so we start to have conversations like that also, but it's just something that can kind of introduce them to the idea of investing. Okay. So let's go ahead and get onto this very last thing that you can do with money. And that is to keep it. Now that is different. That is different than saving. And this is a really important, uh, thing to be doing with money. So we have save, spend, give, invest, and then keep. And keeping money really is at a higher level in my mind, I guess. Once your finances are kind of more in order, you get to this point where this keeping of money is almost the ability to do this is almost unlocked because you don't really have this ability when you're in consumer debt. You don't really have this ability if you don't have your savings built. You don't really get to do this if you have a desire to give and don't have the capital to do that yet. And you also don't really have this luxury if you are not investing um, into like your retirement and that kind of stuff, right? So unlocking this next thing that you get to do with money once you are out of consumer debt, you have built a savings and you are saving for retirement and investing then you get to keep money. And this kind of happens when you have the savings goal that you want. Let's say you have a full six months of savings saved, okay? So you don't really need to put, you. well, let me back up. Let's just say you're in a great, plot, great spot and you have, let's say $10,000. Well, when you're looking at this $10,000, you're looking at your financial situation and situation one, we're looking at our savings. Do I need to put ten, this $10,000 into my savings? Nope, because I already have a six-month emergency fund and that feels good for me. Okay. Um, let's see. What about uh, spending it? Do I want to spend this? Mm, nope. I've already looked into my budget and I already have a really good number that I feel good about for like my fund money. And it feels like I can do what I want to do and still be have some restraint. <laughs> There's a, it's, a good, it's a good balance for what I have. So no, I don't really need to spend $10,000, which is a whole other thing because a lot of times the other, um, I'm just going to say this really quickly because this is a whole nother thing, but oftentimes you get to unlock this uh, part of money handling 
when you are in a really good place financially, not only like monetarily, is that a word? Uh, what am I trying to say? Like not only when you have extra money or whatever, you come across an abundance of money, but when you also have a money mindset that allows you to keep money. Because if you do not have a very strong money mindset, then you won't ever keep money. Because what you will do is if you have come across a random $10,000, I'm saying maybe you got that back for taxes, maybe you got a random bonus you didn't know you were getting, something like that. If you are not in a good headspace with money, what you will do is you will manifest an expense for that $10,000, right? You will have this extra $10,000 and think my savings is great. We're out of debt. Um, we're spending honestly what we should. But you know what? I've always wanted that new kitchen or probably not new kitchen, but new bathroom. Or I wanted to buy this car or I I wanted to go on this awesome vacation to Europe. So let's use that $10,000 for that. Now, is there anything innately wrong with, you know, going on a dream vacation or remodeling your master bath or anything like that? No. No, there's not. But my point is, is that you get to a point where you learn that it's okay to keep money. And so we're going to go into this. So I have the savings that I need. I am spending what I feel like works for me and I don't really need any more spending money. I am giving, you know, above and beyond what I ever would have imagined and it feels like a great spot for us. And I'm also investing into my kids' college funds and my retirement is fully funded. All of these things, right? But I still have this $10,000 extra dollars. So what the heck do I do with it? Well, there is the one choice, right? That isn't necessarily wrong, but it, it is a choice to manifest an expense. Well, what and, the, and that would sound like, well, what, what can I do with this money? We can go to Europe. We can remodel a bathroom. We can get new carpet throughout our whole house. We can build a swing set. Let's, you, whatever. Okay. None of that is wrong. However, that is not keeping money. That is figuring out how to spend money. So it's kind of meta a little bit. So you're keeping this money and here's what this is for. You understand that your saving, spending, giving, and investing is at the level you want it to be, but you still have this extra $10,000. So what I'm going to do with this is not save, spend, give, or invest it. I am going to keep it. Now, uh, word of the wise. Don't just keep like $400,000 if you come across the lottery or something, right? You're going to want to invest that and not just have it sitting under your mattress. That's not the point in this conversation. What I'm going to do with this $10,000, I'm going to keep it. And what I am doing is I am going to sit and I am going to wait for the opportunity to present itself for this $10,000. I am going to sit And I'm going to wait for the opportunity to present itself. I am not going to manifest an expense and update my bathroom, okay? Because what's going to happen is, oh, you know what? Three weeks from now, somebody, you know, tags me in an investment property. That's $10,000. That's a great deal and a great whatever. Oh, boom. I had that money. I kept it for something that I honestly had no idea was coming down the road, right? Or I have this extra $10,000 and then all of a sudden 
we have really good friends who have opened up to us about wanting to go be missionaries down in, you know, wherever. And we are able to financially support them and kick them. You know what? Here's what that $10,000 for right there. I am so glad that I did not, again, this really is not wrong, but my point, update my bathroom and that I held on to that because I had no idea that in three weeks time, our best friends were going to reveal to us that they were getting ready to move to a different country and be missionaries. And we, and they, you know, well, all of a sudden they need $10,000 to jumpstart that. Okay, <laughs> here you go. Do you know what I mean? It could, um, you know, maybe you get invited to a prestigious like charity event and it's $5,000 a plate. I have not been invited to something like that, but I'm just saying it's a thing. And maybe it's, you know, our heart is really for foster care and um, we not even go into all the things that we really love and support. But if some opportunity presented itself like, hey, it's $5,000 a plate, like we're looking for young philanthropists in our area, like would you guys be interested? Boom, there it is. Let's say, you know, even more fun. Let's just say, I don't know, you got me and my two really good friends. We have 14 kids together. And we have not been, <laughs> we get together every once in a while, a couple times a year, but we have not been on a trip together. And we keep talking about like taking a girl's trip. We took one trip together about three years ago and it was literally like two miles from home. And we just stayed in a hotel two miles from home because <laughs> one of us was very, very pregnant and the other two were nursing because that's literally how our lives go the last 10 years. But what if one, what if all of the stars align and it's like, Hey, do you guys want to take a girl's trip out to California or something? Yeah. Boom. There's my 10 grand. I don't need 10 grand for that, but that's the point. Um, or, you know, maybe going to on a mission trip with your kids. Doesn't matter. Sorry, that was like ex- example overload. But my point is, is that we're holding money. It literally has no purpose. We are keeping it because for, and, and it could be, you know, a finite period of time. Like I said, don't sit with a hundred grand under your mattress, twiddling your thumbs, but just take a beat. Take a second. Make sure that your four walls are secure, you're out of consumer debt, you have a good savings, you're investing in your retirement first, then your kid's college, um, and you are uh, giving what you want to give. Once you're in that place, it unlocks this just next level of stuff where you get to have excess money and now you get to keep and you almost get to like sit back and you get to kind of overlook different opportunities that you have and you get to pick from there. That is the fun place to be. When you are in consumer debt, you are like in the thick of it. You can't see more than like two inches above your, above your, in front of your face because you are so crazy with trying to like work and do all the things and pay the bills and like make ends meet and not answer phone or not get freaking harassed by creditors and all of the things and trying to organize your finances. But then like you have your marriage and your kids and your parenting and those kids sports and oh my gosh, too much. Right. And so it is a very, very nice place to be when we get to this point of being able to take a freaking breath, our finances are in order, and then we get to sit back and wait or actively look for opportunities that we can bless others or experience something beautiful or whatever with our money. And honestly, 
gosh, what was it? Six years ago? You guys, six years ago. We were, had a, we had a, I talk about this often, but we had a negative net worth six years ago. Negative, <laughs> right? Like when your liabilities outweigh your assets and you sold everything you own, we would come out negative. Like we were not in a good situation. And that is not the case anymore. We are at that keep level. And I worked very freaking hard for a couple of years. We made some serious sacrifices. Again, I talk about all of that in our episode 19. And here we are now, and I have now turned around, and now I help other moms. Because it is possible. It literally does not have to take 30 years to get here. And what makes me the most sad And the reason that I really, really love and have a passion for finances is that I think that when we are so, finances touch everything in our life, absolutely freaking everything. Our relationship with our kids, our experiences as a family, our marriage, our like self, you know, worth, all of the freaking things, our sleep, it affects our freaking sleep, our stress levels, you know? Um, And so when we are so consumed by something as dumb but as integral as money, then we don't get to focus on the things that really matter. Money is amoral. Money is a tool. And when it completely overwhelms our life because we are so in so much debt and so overwhelmed by it, we are not freed up to, number one, live the life that I believe we are all meant to live as mothers. And number two, Listen, we invest in foster care and some uh, other things around our prison ministry, you know, whatever, locally here. But you might really want to like, you know, do adopting pets or uh, help fund private adoptions or help with clean water or AIDS or, you know, I don't freaking know what cancer research, right? Like, you have your thing. You have your thing. You could name it. If I handed you a $10,000 check right now and I said, this has to go to the charity of your choice, maybe you'd have to think about charity, but you probably would know what realm it would be in. And listen, I need you to be out of consumer debt because I need you to have financial stability so that you can lean into whatever the thing is that you need to lean into is. Whether that be, again, pet adoption, open adoptions, like clean water rescue or cancer research, whatever your thing is that you are super passionate about, that if I handed you a $10,000 check, you'd pay tomorrow. Like, I need you in that because we're not all we're all in different things. And if we're all bogged down by debt, then we can't extend an arm and help the things that we are passionate about. So these are the five things that you can do with your money, save, spend, give, invest, ultimately keep. That's where I want all of us to be. Okay. Um, and then I think that's it. Just checking my notes right here, guys. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week and let me know what you think. Feel free to email me at simsarrows.com 
or at gmail.com if you have any topics you want me to go into further. I have a list here that I'm trying to get through, but um, I always welcome more conversations or listener questions. I have a couple of those also, and I will answer your question live on here. So I look forward to walking with you guys to help you find your grit while completely covering you.